From alumni relations at the University of Minnesota Rochester, welcome to Beyond the Nest. I'm Marco Lands, UMR Director of Alumni and Development Relationships. Today, 2019 graduate Mason Schleif chats with mathematics professor Dr. Jared Bright about what brought her to UMR, the impact of living learning communities such as Health Corps, and discovering a passion for mental health and well-being. Currently, Mason is a care coordinator with Zumbro Valley Health Center and previously held the role of mental health practitioner with Fernbrook Family Center. At work, Mason counsels individuals experiencing issues related to mental health and challenges with addiction. Additionally, Mason recently enrolled in the University of North Dakota's Masters of Social Work program. Mason, for our uh, listeners, why don't you remind us when you graduated UMR? Okay, so I... Um started at UMR in December or like the fall semester of 2016 and then I graduated in December of 2019 which is a crazy long time ago but goes by fast it, it, it yeah it really does um and I, I, yeah I know myself I was in undergraduate for four years full four years and then went on my master's and I just I look back at it and it just goes by so quickly um and I forgot that you graduated a semester early so that that uh I mean that helps most certainly yep yep um but thinking back to when you when you entered UMR right you I know you were first you were a member of a living and learning community so I want to make sure to touch about the, touch on that but then also kind of thinking back to when you were deciding uh you know which college to go to, how did you land on UMR? I, in high school, uh, was very passionate and focused on wanting to be in healthcare. I had known that for a couple of years and um, was just really driven to try to find a place that would match what I was looking for. Um, I originally looked at the Twin Cities and um, obviously like I knew people that were going there, had gone there, it was very common. And then I just happened across UMR. Um, and so my mom and I decided uh, for the first time coming down to Rochester that we would come down and tour. Um, and I truly think like the tour that I had that was with Perf or, uh, uh, Lem Cool was here still. Um, he gave us a tour and was talking about UMR and how unique, uh, he like really touched on that unique piece and how you can go to another college and have a college experience um, and kind of discover where you wanna be, or you can have a really cool opportunity to explore all kinds of stuff in medicine with a little bit more focus, but the flexibility of being a new school or newer school and being like, innovative in terms of curriculum and connections with the community. So I kind of dove into uh, what I was looking for for, for school. And it finally boiled down to kind of deciding between whether I wanted to focus on preparing myself for a future career, or if I wanted to pursue a little bit more of my passions while doing that like on the side. That's how I got, um, connected with UMR and decided to go to UMR. 
after that, that's when I got connected with Health Course, the community of respect and empowerment. Um, I know you and I have deep connections from when we started um, as little babies. Um, you were in the first cohort, weren't you? Yeah. Oh. Yep, I was. So everything was new. We were all just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Um, but truly, like looking back, of all of the experiences that I had at UMR, I truly believe that the time and the people and the experiences that I had in Health Corps was like one of the most monumental pieces of my like experience at UMR. Now that's intriguing. Can you tell me more? Like why, like help help others kind of understand why that was so foundational for you and kind of why that kind of fueled who or drove you to be who you are today. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, well, I certainly did not know what I was getting into when I got into Health Corps. Um, I just thought it was a scholarship program and I thought, oh, this is great. I'll do this because that'll help me, um, with my college career. And, um, the first time that I had a health core event, I walked in and I could not believe my eyes because I was the only person that looked like me, um, a white Caucasian woman and no one else looked like me. Um, I had never experienced something like that. So it was kind of just like a, a moment to pause and go, huh, this is interesting. I don't know what's going to happen here, but, uh, I'm curious. And, um, through all of, all, all of the different events that we had, we started with the, um, the bridge week um, that we came before everybody. So we really got the opportunity to get connected with each other. Um, we were a total group of 30 at the time, which is crazy also to think of. Um, but when we were at the events, the focus was not only like to prepare us for UMR, um, the curriculum, the focus, uh, the faculty, but also to dig into a little bit about our identities and what that means and how to share that with other people. And that was something I had never also done because I came from a farming community in West Central Minnesota, which is very much all the same cut and dry. Um, everyone was related to somebody somehow. Um, but in those interactions with the other students, it really uh, caused me to do a deep dive in terms of what I defined as my culture and what I defined as my values, but also recognizing some of the backgrounds and like just the unique intersection of identity for other people that I had never considered before. Um, and there were definitely a couple like really, really big, powerful moments that I had, but I think more than anything, I found a community of people that not only were brilliant, um, and super fun, but they also were excited in the opportunity to share with others about their culture and kind of help expand that knowledge. Um, so I, we did all kinds of stuff um, from canoeing to, at one point we came out to your farm um, and I got to show off being the farm girl with your cows, which was great memories. Yeah. <laughs> Back on with the photos we had. Um, but I think 
biggest thing I took away other than that community aspect was really taking a look at um, the importance of asking questions about people's identity, like really taking that uh, perspective and that stance of, I want to learn more. Um, I don't know. So could you please tell me more about this so I can understand better? Um, and I learned so many things about so many different cultures just by those uncomfortable conversations at first. Um, but that definitely set me up for where I am now, um, where like my focus, because I work in mental health, is always to meet people where they're at. And already having practiced that skill of I need to just pause and ask more questions than figure out truly like where this person comes from, what's important to them, um, is or was just a really um, important piece of, of that program and my experience with Health Corps. Join UMR for our 12th Annual Undergraduate Research and Education Symposium on Monday, May 2nd. Held virtually, the Research and Education Symposium features UMR students presenting and discussing their scholarly work in a supportive and dynamic environment. Check UMR's website at r.umn.edu for how to connect. We haven't shared what your current position is, so do you want to share that with everybody? What, Where are you now? Sure. So I work as a care coordinator in mental health. So what my role looks like is I work at an outpatient uh, facility, and I help coordinate services for people that typically are diagnosed with a severe mental health diagnosis or some sort of substance use disorder. Um, so I do a lot of collaboration with other providers and other programs. And then I also get to kind of check in on all of my clients and my caseload to see how things are going, how we can support them better um, to really, again, like meet them where they're at and make sure that it's, it's patient-centered and it's focused on them. How did, how did it feel like coming from a small town to a small campus? Because that's usually not, the, not the, the experience of many of our students. Many of our students at UMR come from, say, Twin Cities uh, or at least a larger metropolitan area and then come to a small school where they're, you know, maybe a bigger fish in, in a small pond that they're right. not used to. So how do you feel coming from a small community to a small school? That's a great question. Um, it was very comfortable, the transition for me, uh, because I came from, I graduated with a class of 76. So we were pretty small. So coming to UMR with the smaller class sizes and in general, especially starting with that group of 30 of us, um, I really got to know my peers. And the other part of it that I always really appreciated um, and I think can never be understated is how valuable it is, especially being in a smaller population, to have better connections with faculty and be able to really get to know them as people because you guys do a fun job and a great job of really like being there as a human um, and being there as a support for students to help kind of guide them through the course, but also even outside of that, um, their life and just being a college student and learning the world on their own. Um, so I think those two pieces felt very comfortable uh, for me coming from my small town. Okay. 
Um, and over the years, well, actually it happened in the first year of Bridge. I remember a student making a comment during Bridge and it, will, it was slightly after it too, um, that at UMR, they have a tendency to find friendships instantly and you know they they form these lifelong bonds and I know a particular student comment was I just met this person today and they are my they are my soulmate they're my friend for life and I know it um has did you ever experience anything like that um Oh gosh, I feel like so much of my love for all of my people in my cohort um, in health corps. Um, I would I would say with all of those people, it was really an instant connection. Actually, one of them, um, I was even reminiscing about this not that long ago of how I reached out to her before I even came to UMR because I was very nervous and I didn't know anybody. So I wanted to make one connection with somebody. Um, and she ended up being in health corps. Um and she was one of those people that uh, you were just able to build a relationship so quickly and feel very comfortable right away. Um, so I felt like I had a really good group, uh, just even in health core, um, of people that I had connections with. And even to this day, um, so many years later, not that many, but to me, it feels like a lot um, that I still like stay connected with those people and get to see them in their journeys and celebrate with them as they continue down their road of whatever they want to do with their lives. And I'm just curious, like, how do you stay connected? Is it like Facebook or Instagram or okay, all, all of the above? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much social media. We do, and we've always had a, a Facebook group since we started. Um, but since we graduated, we haven't utilized it as much. But I think all of us are connected in one of those ways. Um, so we're able to kind of keep keep an eye on each other to see kind of what people are doing. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I I really envy the like the tight bonds that you had in health core and just in general among UMR students. It's kind of like, even though, I mean, over the years we have, UMR has been growing in size, but something about, you know, the environment at UMR, people just stay connected even after graduation and yeah. certainly with with their friend groups but then even with kind of just where everybody else is at that they went through school with and uh in their kind of grade uh grade if you want to use that term or not but kind of they they say track they they keep together um so mm -hmm. that's kind of always been remarkable to me um so now I'm curious too when you first came into UMR what were your plans like what did you see yourself doing in the future <laughs> um, way back then, uh, my goal and my like primary focus in my life is that I wanted to work in emergency medicine. I wanted to work as a physician. Um, I specifically was really focused about rural health, uh, because that's where I came from. Um, and I saw some of the disparities, um, in terms of supports, not only for staff in rural communities, but also, uh, you know, the, the people that went in to see providers, um, but yes, I started out that way, but I'm sure it would be not uncommon to say that my perspective on how I wanted to continue through my career at UMR changed, um, as I continued to expose myself to different things. Um, I definitely respect very much the people that can come in and say, this is what I want to do and are able to follow through, but 
I, for one of those people, when I came in right away, who was such a planner and very structured in my process and my steps of how I was going to achieve the things I wanted, uh, I was not able to be able to keep that. Um, and instead, I kind of found a different area where my passion was, which is mental health. Um, and then just kind of take me where, where kind of where the winds would blow, I guess, because um, I, I left or in my capstone experience, I really didn't have a plan of what I wanted to do, which Mason in 2016, as a freshman at UMR, would have been terrified of that. Um, and she would not have been able to process the idea of not having that plan. Um, but through my experiences and everything I learned and I saw, uh, and even the ways that I grew just personally outside of school, um, I weirdly grew into this ability of being able to be more flexible and accepting of, you know, as long as I'm doing something for me, uh, that is valuable. Um, and there's an impact like wherever that takes me is where I'm going to go and we'll just see what happens. I, I really envy that perspective because like you, I mean, I mean, I'm a mathematician, right? So it's like, okay, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, and then here's step 52, right? So it's very mm -hmm. logical, very sequential. And I mean, even still, like I try to say, yep, I'm going to like be flexible and I'm going to be open to new ideas. And then when change comes, it's hard, right? Yep. So yep. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like when, like during UMR, did that sort of, opening opening to new ideas or that um, maybe that flexibility that um, yeah the flexibility when did that start happening for you I think that started pretty early on because I remember very clearly there being conversations about uh, like obviously celebrating people that had a perspective of what they wanted to be when they left UMR but also saying you know keep your mind open. Uh, go out there and experience different things and kind of find the things that not only drive you, but you find interesting. Um, and sometimes you can find a niche in healthcare or even outside of healthcare where you're able to bring all those things together and have a career, not just a job that you go to. Um, so I, I think that happened both in classes, but also outside of classes. But I think it really came um, to like all together. Um, I believe that was my junior year, um, spring of my junior year. I was actually studying abroad in Thailand, um, which is a beautiful place to have an epiphany. <laughs> but um, I, I personally was really struggling. Um, I had a lot of things that um, I was really having a hard time with. Uh, my mental health was not good. Um, I, I really struggled to find supports that I had always looked to before, um, to go back to. And in that place of, <laughs> um, truly like being at one of my lowest lows in a beautiful place with people that were just fantastic and supportive. Um, I think that was one of the first times that I really started to feel comfortable or more comfortable with the idea of. I mean, having a goal in mind, having a focus, but then wherever that takes you along that road, it, it's all valuable experience. It's all valuable time. Uh, I, I'm, I'm one of the firm believers that like there's no such thing as wasted time. 
It's you're using your time and you're learning something different. Maybe you learned, I'm not going to use my time for this anymore, or this was a really great way to use my time. I want to do this more. Um, so I, I would say it started very early on. I definitely had a, a really deep down moment where that kind of started to manifest. Um, and then through my senior year, um, well, the one semester since I graduated early and my capstone experience, I think that really kind of fleshed out uh, that that skill for me a little bit more. Um, so even to this day, I'm a list person to no end. It keeps me organized and on task, but also I'm okay and a little bit more comfortable with just kind of going with the flow of how things go. Because life is unpredictable and it just, it, you, you can have a plan, but it hardly ever sticks to that plan, right? <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I wish, I kind of wish that every, well, I hope uh, every every first year student would kind of hear that plan, this, uh, hear, that, hear this conversation and particularly that piece about, you know, no time is wasted, that it's just, mm -hmm. you spend time differently and everything is valuable. Uh, you learn something from ever, from everything, even right. if it is sitting in a boring math class that you've taken for the umpteenth time and factoring X times X minus two a million times. Mm -hmm. Like you learn something, right? You learn a new way of doing this or something. So um, yeah, yeah. So you ended in, so you started in as a, with, with hopes in emergency medicine or right. at least in some sort of, uh, emergency med medicine potentially in a rural community and then you landed in um well I shouldn't say landed in but you're currently in um uh in in an area of mental health yeah how did that happen I, I assume that your experience in Thailand helped I mean maybe I don't want to say helped but it maybe brought that to the surface to a bit yep. more but how did that transition start Oh, yeah. Um, I've always been passionate and fascinated by mental health. Um, I remember when I was in high school, we had a PSEO or like concurrent enrollment where you could take college level classes for college credit at our school, at our high school. Um, and I was able to take all the psych classes that I could and I loved it. It just, it blew my mind and like continued to drive me to learn more. Um, and I, I think like under the emergency medicine piece was a little bit of that. I just hadn't quite recognized or reconnected that passion that I had. Um, I was more focused on like the medical field itself, which to me at that time was you're going to be a physician, you're going to be a nurse, or you're going to be like in one of those supportive roles. And that's it, uh, which is a really unfortunate perspective because there's so much more out there. but that's kind of what I came in with. Um, and I, I would say the, the personal struggles that I had before I graduated, um, and then tying that with the course that I had with you and Yuko um, for the contemplation of well-being um, course, where we were able to go over to Generos at uh, St. Mary's Hospital, Mayo Clinic, and do... Um, the different courses for the patients there and research that. I think that was a really good foundation for me after having like that low 
to come back and know like this is something that for as long as I can remember has driven me in some way. And it is like opened up a piece of me every time. Um, and I was able to take mental health, uh, through that course and then also tie in that art piece, which I've always loved. I've always loved poetry. Um, I did speech in high school. I, I loved it. It was one of my favorite things other than softball. Um, but then also we were able to kind of bring our own passions to our programming that we created. And that's where I was able to bring in gardening, which was another thing during that crisis that I recognized was something that very deep down again was a source of comfort for me. And it was also something that I love to share. Like it was a cup filler to be able to help guide people and just encourage people to explore with gardening. Um, so with that experience, um, I think that's kind of what set me on the road to wanting to look at things a little bit differently, specifically with mental health. But I wouldn't say until I like really graduated um, and maybe worked for about a year that I really understood what was out there for mental health. I had no idea. Um, but that, I, yeah, that's what I would say kind of started it for me. UMR and Beyond the Nest would like to hear from you. Check out this episode's show notes for how to connect, get in touch, and share your UMR journey. Now, Let's get back to Mason and Dr. Bright as they discuss pursuing a graduate degree, where life might go over the next 10 years, and advice to one's younger self. I, I saw on Facebook that you have, that you got some good news about mm -hmm. five days ago or so. Yeah. Um, where you've been accepted to do a master's program for social work. And so I'm, yeah. I'm kind of curious, like, I, it makes total sense for you. Um, <laughs> And yep. I'm just wondering, like, how how did that, uh, or I guess, kind of what launched you into that into that um, area? Well, as you already said, mental health is massive. Um, I think the careers and the education opportunities out there are also super confusing and massive. Um, but I think with my experience working um, after I graduated from UMR, um, I was able to engage with people that were community mental health workers that were either bachelor level or um, even high school. Um, and then also work with the master level or even doctorate. And I always, like, since I had started at UMR, the other piece that had never really left me is that I, I wanted to continue my education somehow. I just didn't know what that was or where to go. Um, funny thing, though, I clearly remember uh, my coach, Jen Hook, telling me, hey, you should look into social work or masters of social work. And I said, no, I don't want to work in a school. So no, thank you. And I clearly didn't know <laughs> what social work was all about. Um, but just with the experiences that I had outside um, when I started working, um, I knew once I got to get to know my clients and some of my coworkers, that's where I wanted to be, uh, which is social work. And um, 
with the connection I had with one of my coworkers who's actually currently in the program uh, for the Masters of Social Work. Um, her and I kind of talked about what that looked like and what that meant. Um, and I think it's just an additional way to kind of bolster your perspective um, specifically with that like clinical piece of, you know, these are the diagnoses. This is, this is what that can look like. Here are some of the different like therapy, therapeutic like interventions you can use to help these people. Um, but I, I didn't know when I want to, was going to pull the trigger necessarily. Um, and I, I, when COVID started, which took everything, you know, in a spin for all of us, um, that's when I really started to think about like, where do I want to be? Like, what's valuable to me? Um, kind of going back to that, like ground level. Okay. What do I need? What are my values, um, perspective? And I knew that I love social work. I knew that I love mental health. I liked working with people that typically were always underserved or overlooked by the system um, or constantly in the system and weren't able to get out because they didn't have supports in place. Um, with all of those different things that I saw um, and the connection that I had with my coworker, I started to just kind of look into master's programs, um, which like I said, there's so many different areas, like you can do a master's in psychology, um, master's in social work, um, and there's another like master's in there too. And then a whole bunch of different certifications after that just are continuing to be confusing to me. Um, but I, I decided that I was gonna go for it um, as I continued to talk with my coworker um, and then it just kind of beautifully turned out that I transitioned from my previous job, um, which I had a really hard time balancing work with me and my life, um, both the people I, I care about and the things I enjoy. Um, I did a very poor job of balancing that. And I always gave more than I, I took and it really burnt me out. And I knew that I deserved more um, than what I was getting at that time. Um, so at that point, I'm like, you know what? We're gonna send it. We're gonna go for the master's program and see what happens. And then as I was also exploring, you know, where I was gonna end up next, um, I, I just got really lucky with the, the career, or the job opportunity that I was able to get. Um, that I'm in right now with care coordination, that I'm still able to do that social work piece, but there's a lot more structure and availability to be able to like be a human outside of work and not give every single thing you have every day you're at work. Um, so to me, at least in terms of balance, like with what I'm doing right now and starting in January as a master's level student, a professional student, um, I, I see that there's there's definitely going to be a better balance than if I would have attempted to do that in my previous role. I think I would have burnt out very quickly. If you had all the answers right now, 10 years from now, kind of what, what do you think you'd be doing professionally? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I wish I would know. <laughs> Which again, like going back to Mason in 2016, she would be having a meltdown right now because she can't figure out what she was going to be or should be. Um, gosh, um, I think 
continuing to be in a role like I have been, um, I think more similar to where I am right now that has that additional structure where I can continue to serve people um, and connect with people and support them while also making sure that I also am supported and I'm able to give, you know, the people that I care about their, my time and energy um, and do things that I enjoy. Um, so something like that, I hope that I get through the master's program um, and I'm able to live through um, and then take the licensure exam with the state. Um, I, one of my like, big dreams if I were to make millions and like get to do anything I want would be to pair doing like social worker therapy with gardening um and I know there's stuff kind of out there which I've looked into um it's more of like a pair when you're a therapist than like a middle ground career but um still finding ways to pull in the things that I love and sharing that with people um because I, I even found in my last job um, that some of the people that I found were some of the most difficult clients. They were super mentally ill. They had previously been incarcerated. Um, they really struggled with social activities, very isolated, weren't working, um, had been homeless for years, uh, were using different substances that somehow gardening was just a really beautiful way to connect with them. And even when I left, um, that was one like really beautiful piece that I will always carry with me is the garden that we made together there. Um, and some of the guys that um, just continued to grow and grow their collections. So finding a way to like continue to bring that in with what I'm already doing uh, is something that I would love to do. One final question for you, Mason. So... Uh, we have we have Mason in 2021, and you're very aware of who Mason was in 2016. And yeah. some, of our, some of the people listening to this podcast might be of you know a typical student that is just entering UMR. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self? And I I imagine one of those pieces of advice is like chill out, you're gonna be yeah. fine. But yeah. maybe it's more than that. So what uh, what advice yeah. would you give your younger self? Oh my God. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's a good part because when you come into college or like, uh, especially at UMR, because I feel like the focus is more on your career and your education than the typical college experience. One thing I would really encourage students uh, as freshmen and really at any point is to make sure to take the time to pause every once in a while. Um, because I think especially in the first year, I mean, you're not only like learning your classes and where they are, but you're meeting new people and maybe you just moved to a new city that you're not familiar with. There's so many pieces that are out there that you're just trying to figure out where you're at and what's going on um, is to make sure to be really intentional about taking those pauses and breaks and thinking of all of the things that you have done that outside of it, maybe you wouldn't have been able to accomplish. Maybe that's, I got to class at 8 a.m. and I didn't have to set an alarm because that would have been a giant deal 
for me in 2016. Um, or maybe it's that you joined a new club or you made a new friend or you reconnected with some family members or you did really well in classes, like any of those pieces. Um, making sure to check in on yourself um, and, and giving you that additional support. Because I think we get so caught up in those first couple of years, especially with the curriculum and, and all the other pieces that are coming together, um, that we lose sight of ourselves and how valuable, like at the end of the day, if I'm not okay, then I can't do the things I need to do. Um, and that's not getting anyone anywhere. Like I need to take care of me first and make sure that I know I'm valued. And then I can continue forward to challenge myself and take on more. Um, so that's, that's probably what I would say at the very base of this, which is a very mental healthy answer. I mean, it's something that we don't do, right? Like stop, yeah. stop and think like, when you hear stop, it's like, okay, I'm not being productive, right? right? So it's almost counterintuitive to kind of the the world around us, right? Like if you're not being, if you're not doing something, you're, I mean, you're behind, you know, almost. Right. So um, yeah, I think that's awesome advice to your younger self. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to Mason and Dr. Bright for their insightful discussion, and thank you for listening to Beyond the Nest. Beyond the Nest is produced by UMR Alumni Relations and edited by Marshall Saunders with Minnesota Podcasting. Check out this episode's show notes for how to stay in touch, and we will be back next month for our final episode of Season 2 of Beyond the Nest. Beyond the Nest.